The word of the Lord, again from Matthew chapter 15, the woman said, Lord, help me. And Jesus answered, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, all of you gathered here and joining us through our media ministry, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Verse 4 of the hymn we just sang could have probably been written by the woman in our text for today. It says this, And so we come, O God, today, and all our woes before you lay, for sorely tried Cast down we stand, perplexed by fears on every hand. Lord, Savior, have mercy on me. Hers was a sad plea, but not completely uncommon, whether for her day or for today. For she was a woman who was grieving, who was filled with anxiety, care, worry on behalf and because of her child, her daughter. We're not told many details. We may want to know, like, how old was this daughter? When she says she is severely oppressed by a demon, what does that mean? Can we relate to that? We do know that as we read the New Testament, there are some things that, that were, in some cases, part of demon possession. You might remember the man who, who Jesus came upon, and, and he said, my son has a demon, and it attempts to throw him into the fire and into the water all the time. On another case, occasion, there was, a, uh, it, we're told, a deaf and mute spirit that possessed a man so that he could not speak or talk. In another case, a demoniac was out of his mind, so it seemed, that he lived in the caves and had incredible strength to break even chains that were used to contain him. What this oppression by the demon for this daughter and mother was like, we don't know. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because what we do know is that she came to Jesus for help, for mercy. But she did it in a way, you'll notice, that wasn't so discreet. And maybe started out that way. Again, not all details are always recorded for us in the Scriptures. But whatever the case, at some point she was literally crying out, and maybe to the point where it would have been uncomfortable for us to even hear such a thing. How are you when somebody's making a scene around you? Maybe one of your own group, maybe one of your kids in the grocery store, or somebody at uh, the restaurant with you, or someplace else, who makes a scene in order to get the attention they need, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Maybe that needs to happen on occasion. 
And I'm not advocating for or against making a public scene ever. But I know personally, I'm not usually comfortable when that's going on. I usually am not going to try that approach. And when somebody else that I'm related to or part of starts that, I kind of maybe kind of sink down a little bit in my seat, kind of like, oh, please, just stop, you know. Just deal with it. But this woman apparently was not that type. Lord, have mercy, please, Jesus, help me, was her cry. To the point where the disciples came to Jesus and because, of, because he wasn't responding to her or trying to ignore her, she was carrying on so that they were like, Jesus, please get her to stop. Send her away. Tell her to go. After all, Perhaps they said or thought, she's not one of us. And then we have Jesus' words. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Wow. You see, she was not, this woman, one of the 12 tribes the chosen people of God, the 12 tribes of Israel. She was, in fact, a Canaanite, we're told, the inhabitants of the land prior to Moses and Joshua bringing the people of Israel there. You might recall that. And when they were to enter the promised land, you also might recall that they were told to go in and get rid of all the people and take over the land. Well, the Israelites didn't always follow through on God's commands. And as a result, there were any number of people groups that were part of Israel. And unfortunately for Israel, many cases, those people who had pagan worship practices and worshipped other gods, instead of being influenced by Israel and the worship of the true God, it went the other direction. And so many of the children of Israel were led astray. But having said that all, Look again to where God's mercy lies. No longer just in one person or one physical people group, but to all people. So whether this woman took that as just like she should as a, as a Gentile, knowing that she would expect nothing less from a Jewish rabbi to refer to her and her people as dogs, we don't know. Maybe it was just a saying that uh, was out there and, and no offense was to be taken or given. But that's where we find something different about this woman. She was not deterred at all. Though the disciples were trying to get rid of her, though Jesus was ignoring her, she made her way around so it appears that she fought through them perhaps so that she would be right in front of Jesus and it says she knelt down. Maybe even kind of blocked his path. Help me, she pleaded. What kind of emotion was that? Some of you know. Maybe it is because of a child. Dealing with some type of situation. You know what anxious nights are. You know what worry is. You know what fear is. 
you know what you would do to do anything to, to help your child. To either overcome an illness or an obstacle or a struggle. You know what this woman went through. But it's not just for a child. It could be for any loved one. It could be on behalf of ourselves. It could be for any number of things where we might be able to identify with the passion and the pleading that this woman had. Lord, help me. And in response to Jesus' question or statement, about not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, she responds, yes, Lord. But even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Who would ask for a crumb? Coco would. (laughs) That's my dog. And that's a typical scene at our house. She's got plenty of food in her dish, of course, but no, she's got to have people food. You know, that's far better than that dry dog food stuff. And wouldn't you know it, some master who is obviously not a very good one usually ends up giving her some crumbs. And so she sits there and waits and begs and wants crumbs. Go figure. Now, all of you with dogs, you have your dog so well trained that they lay in their bed during dinner time. And then when you put their food down, then they come over. Good for you. That's not our house. But isn't that precisely the picture that she paints, this woman? As long as there's been people and as long as there's been dogs, I have a feeling this scene has been repeated. The dogs want the crumbs that fall from the table. So who wants crumbs? Well, a dog. But think about it. What would cause you to desire a crumb? You remember the account that Jesus gives of the rich man and Lazarus? where he describes Lazarus as this poor beggar who was covered with sores and who couldn't even walk, apparently. He had to be carried and laid at the rich man's gate. And what does it say? He desired to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Could you imagine that? Do you know how poor you'd have to be? Do you know how hungry you have to be? you know how desperate you would have to be to say, please, just give me a crumb? Thank God that perhaps we don't know what that's like. It just sounds so pathetic, so desperate. Somebody would have to have nothing in order to plead for a crumb. But yet in the context of their conversation, this woman was not too proud to beg because she knew what he had to offer. And amazingly, 
amazingly, he gave her what I think she would call just a crumb. By the power of his word at that very moment, the daughter, wherever she was, experienced the release of that spirit, of that demon, and she was, quote, cured. She was healed. Can you imagine the joy when that woman went home and discovered this? Can you imagine the celebration and the following that that they would have had for Jesus and how she wouldn't be able to stop talking about this Jewish rabbi who had done this for her and all of her friends and, and neighbors who had known the daughter and then could see this. They, I bet they could hardly believe it. And sometimes God still chooses to work like that, doesn't he? Not as often as we might like, perhaps, But he has the power to do that. Should we continue to beg and plead and throw ourselves before the Lord and beg for those kind of crumbs? Absolutely. He's not guaranteed it. But he also says, bring everything to me in prayer. I wonder how different their lives were after that. But it leads... To the follow-up question, did this crumb satisfy? Or maybe I should ask, for how long did that crumb satisfy? Do you think from this point on that woman and that daughter never experienced any other trials, hardships, griefs, or sorrows? Did they never come to a point where mother and then eventually daughter would be on their deathbeds? Perhaps pleading for mercy to the same Jewish rabbi who had healed so miraculously? I wonder how often that happened in their lives. And was every one of their wishes granted? Was every one of their desires for crumbs fulfilled? They're not here to this day, are they? No, there came a point where those crumbs did not completely satisfy. And that's how it is in this life. Even as we beg and plead the Lord for for mercy and for the crumbs that he can easily give, they don't satisfy. Not ultimately. Unless we realize the kind of crumbs that Christ came to give to all people. Whether through a miraculous healing or not. For you see, the one who granted that crumb was not just a Jewish rabbi. He was not just a miracle worker who spent time and drew big crowds and healed people and gained popularity through his sermons and teachings. No, the one who gave that crumb was no less than the bread of life. And the crumbs that he came to bring people are the ones that satisfy not just for this life, 
but for eternity. Have you desired one of those crumbs? Now remember, those who would desire our crumb are those who have absolutely nothing, who are so hungry, so poor. And yet, isn't that where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in terms of our relationship with God and our ability to curry favor with Him? Does not God's Word and His law speak so boldly and clearly and incisively to us that it condemns us and cuts us to the heart to remind us on a regular basis that you have nothing before God, that you cannot please Him, that you are poor and miserable and wretched and blind and starving and yes we need to hear that because it's when we hear that and realize our desperate condition before the Lord that we are then able to turn to him with the right spirit which says Lord just a crumb just a crumb from you the bread of life And he says, take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood. Great is your faith. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.